I had I had an Oberon earlier after I did a little yard work, so now I'm just basking in this glass of water right here. Oh, that's good for you. That's good for you. I um yeah, I break my rule for the podcast. I'll get going before five o'clock for the pod. Ah, should we get into this, bro? Let's get into this, bro. Okay, let's do it. One, two, three. <laughs> everybody to the most awesome brand and a sports podcast coming at you as we always do and we have a dynamite episode 119 for your eardrums guys please do us a favor subscribe leave five stars tell a friend shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com i am brandan and with me as always fresh off that lawnmower most awesome that's right it's, it's an easy like 35 minutes to mow the lawn 35 35 somewhere in there you know what you, i mean uh, like are you the kind of guy like that that enjoys it like you like kind of just like this is my chore or it's still a chore at the end of the day it's still a chore at the end of the day I, I don't mind it i like it especially when you can see it it's noticeable and you're like oh my lawn looks pretty nice like there is a that subtle sense of satisfaction that comes out of mowing your own lawn yeah and i think there's almost like there's, there's a dad thing about it too right like right. this is this is my house this is my family this is my home i'm gonna Pop open that beer in the koozie. Gonna mow the lawn. That's Take right. Take care of business. It's so weird because Doctor the Mrs. the Commission said at times she's like, "Well, I'll just mow the lawn." I was like, "No, <laughs> no, no." What will the neighbors think? Yeah, and I'm out there just forcing you to mow the lawn. Like, what do they think I'm an animal? Oh man, that's great. There is no like bigger advertisement which someone could completely take the wrong way. Just drive by and just like that guy makes his wife mow the lawn. That's like all the information we have about it. Cause that's always that's the only like case study we have is mowing the lawn. It's just like, what's going on inside those walls. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And then you want to turn to your wife and be like, see, got it pretty good. Right. You could be hey, that one right there. Yeah. Not, not mowing the lawn. <laughs> right. Exactly. So we, we got a jam packed episode 119. We're doing ripped from the headlines, NBA 2020 playoffs. They're happening. Everybody. I'm uh, going to do date mm-hmm. night. Going to have listener Joe Booth back on the pod. We let him pick the movie on this one. Doing a little airborne. Yep. I haven't heard of it either. We'll dive in. <laughs> right. We'll I'm give gonna... you a second to Google it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Check out what it is. Uh, the Neapolitan Showdown. We're doing top three sitcoms of the 1990s. The Brandana Gambling Corner. We're doing round one lines for the Mad League Series NBA All-Time Teams 2020 Tournament. That's a mouthful, but if you've been following us on social media, you know what it's about. If you don't, shoot us an email. You know the email address. Don't make me repeat it this early in the pod. All right, guys, and we're finished with this. We always do with our MVP of the week, ladies and gentlemen. You're our power. Starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right, ripped from the headlines. NBA. 2020 playoffs. Why don't we talk about that this week, brother? Well, because uh, on a positive tip, the NBA has announced their their schedule coming back. Uh, they're going to be descending on Orlando, Florida, with a uh, an eight game regular season kind of warm up, tune up for the playoffs. And they have 22 teams that are coming back, uh, vying for playoff spots and seating. And then ultimately, the playoffs will will happen. 
so they're doing this right. Are we finding, uh, and let's get all of them. We're just going to coronavirus. We get it. We're going to set that off the side. Not the kind of podcast we are like just the risk and everything that comes with it. We all mm-hmm. know they do. The thing is the NBA is rolling forward, going to toss that dice. Uh, is this good enough for you to find a true champion? Or is there always going to be like a little asterisk? Cause to me, like it's, it, it is enough because it's there was that big break in the morning and or in the morning, a <laughs> big break uh, in the middle or whatever when it was there. A healthy, a healthy meal at lunchtime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sensible meal, right. Uh, yeah, so there's a, the big break or whatever. And then we're kind of, we're rolling back and we're scattering. It, it feels a little, it feels legit because we're still going to get that momentum going into uh, the playoffs and then have our eight seeds on each side and just kind of business as usual with seven game series. Yeah, it's always going to have this sheen of like, oh, well, this like, this unique circumstances because it's it's actually going to spill into next year as well too next season so it's going to yeah. have like you know because the season next year season isn't going to start until right around christmas time uh, assuming everything goes you know the way it should hopefully knock on wood yeah. um and then uh so yeah so it's it's going to really kind of shroud this season and next season with a little next season not as much if they don't have a break but this season will just have that little bit of a question mark, especially for teams that were kind of trending or vibing. My biggest thing is it'll be interesting to see how the players come back that may or may not have been taking quarantine uh, from a physical fitness standpoint, all that serious. I'm looking at you, Joel Embiid. What's going to (laughs) happen? Oh yeah, man. Uh, Last thing that guy needed was just months and months of free time. Uh, We've seen seen him in the off season. Uh, Yeah. That'll be interesting. Um, Okay, for uh, since we're on it, we'll go ahead and dive into it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of who didn't take care of themselves. Here's here's where there'd be an asterisk to me. Here's where what I would weigh in and why I'm okay. And eventually, I think over time, at least as far as the 2020 season goes, and I do want to talk about 2021 a little bit. But as far as 2020 goes, I think there'd be a big curveball if you know. It's funny we we're talking about the Mad League work we're creating if it affects everybody equally then i can kind of get past and get beyond it what would be weird is if you know i think the nets are a great example let's say this break was long enough to where Kyrie gets healthy and then we also have kevin durant saying fuck it like because i got an extra two months i recover for this season that i didn't think i was going to have like maybe we fire up and we make a run for it that's where it get weird if there's like a lebron or something or like one of like a top 10 player that was kind of injured mm-hmm. like uh, and then that gave him a lot of the time to come back. And now it's just like, oh, shit, this eight seed is actually for all intents and purposes for how strong their squad is. Probably should be like a two or three seed. So it's going to wreak a little havoc. Yeah. Um, thankfully, I don't think we're going to get that because I think on Friday, yeah. Kevin Durant said, I'm not coming back this season. Like, I think he put it out there pretty definitively, uh, which is good. I, I think it's fine because I think everyone kind of viewed this for him as like a red shirt year with the Nets. It's like, I'm going to take this and fully recover to 100% of mine, uh, my abilities. But I agree with you. It's like, because it happens to everyone equally, that's the, that, that solidifies it as not like an asterisk season to me. And if anything, it gives those teams that, the older teams that were kind of, you know, with bumps and bruises and just, you know, just time to recover a little bit. I mean, a lot of these teams are going to have, uh, you know, should have, 
pretty healthy rosters from the looks of it. I mean, guys that were going to be, be done kind of towards the end of the season that got, that got knocked out. Like uh, I think Eric Gordon for, for the uh, Rockets had like ar- arthroscopic knee surgery. So he just wasn't going to be available whatsoever, but all the, like the, you know, like you said, the Kyrie shoulders or the, the things that, Hey, you know, another, you know, two and a half months of recovery kind of, makes me get back into playing shape and all this other stuff um yeah it'll be good and and i think the teams that the older teams the layoff for this for this time off will will benefit them the most out of any other team the younger teams like the the grizzlies i mean they, they probably are just ready to roll out the ball and let's go but the older teams gives them a little bit more juice in the legs that's a great point. Giving LeBron James just yeah. this kind of like break right now to just really kind of muscle up and get going to like do another chip run with Anthony Davis. That you're right. That is a big advantage for you know just kind of that those older guys that have been playing in a lot of playoff series. You know, and yeah, put, just logging, yeah, just logging a ton of minutes. This is like a a wild undo break for them. I mean, I think you know there will be some rust. I think those those first eight games are going to be very interesting, just from a rust standpoint. Like who's mm-hmm. Who's able to 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 shake it off fast, and then who had playoff experience? That'll be very interesting. One thing that we forgot to mention at the top is is that the little caveat of the play-in game um, that if the eighth seed, eighth and ninth seed, are let's say if the uh, if the eighth seed has more than a four-game lead against the ninth seed, there will not be a playoff uh, a single-game play play-in game. But if it has less than a three-game lead, say, for example, between like Memphis and Portland, right now they're separated by three games. If it doesn't have, if they finish that little eight-game run and they're still within three games, fun little caveat, Memphis and Portland are going to play for that last spot. So oh, shit, that's fun. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Did they get this right? So they're inviting 22 teams, right? And we don't need yes. to blow through all of them. You guys can look them up. But the idea was basically, I think if you were within – uh, six games of yep. a playoff seed, then yeah, you got so invited down. Did did anybody kind of get left on the outside looking in? I know just like college football playoffs and everything, you got to draw the line somewhere. Did they get the line right? Yeah, I mean, I think that they did. I mean, if you look at it, it's like, I mean, it definitely benefited the West, but I mean, there's one, two, three, four, five teams that were all in there. And I, I think you're right. They, they had to find a cutoff line because it would be unfair to be like, all right, well, we're just ending it now. And anyone that was, you know, Portland, it would have stunk for them being three games out with, you know, 20 games left in the season or so to be like, all right, well, you're just asked out. You know, sorry. Give them yeah. an opportunity. It's going to be a small opportunity, so you're going to have to ramp up quickly, but it's an opportunity nonetheless. And, uh, and you know, and teams are going to need time to kind of, like I said, shake the rust off. So this is a, a golden opportunity. But the, the line's got to be drawn somewhere. And I think it's, I think it's right. I think we're getting enough games. You need to – an even number two at 22 because then if it's more than that then you're you're opening it up to all the teams and i think it becomes then that logistical question of how yeah. many people on this campus can we exactly yeah can we still, manage? At the, still at the end of the day yes in a total neglect there is some game plan to you know counteract this coronavirus thing and see what's possible i, I love your point also there's be kind of something unprecedented that we haven't seen which will be Kind of these teams, you know, we're used to the end of the regular season kind of going out with a fizzle, right? Like it's right. not, it's not like the NFL or something. It's, it's guys trying to get rest, trying to just figure out locking where their seed is and then just kind of go to coast mode or playing some teams that are already outside of it. So it'll be interesting to see that balance of like who can fire it up and who's actually, you know, needs this to play, just playing harder 
to kind of dust the cobwebs off to make sure mm-hmm. you're ready to go as soon as the playoffs start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love, I love well-coached teams. Like, uh, you know, Toronto is going to have like, I think a pretty good time because they've got a pretty cohesive unit. Um, I, I, you know, obviously the Lakers with LeBron and, and Anthony Davis and that whole squad, like, I, I think they're just going to be ready, prepared. The teams that are going to, you know, kind of struggle will be interesting, like a team like Memphis uh, or, or Dallas, even that, that's relatively young. Uh, they're going to kind of have to figure this out. And this is going to be, you know, athletes are all about rhythm and, and, the, and routine and a, and a ritual. So when you break that up for young athletes, you might get unexpected unexpected outcomes because of that whereas like with lebron we kind of we we know what we're going to get a Giannis, we're going to know what we're going to get um so it'll be interesting to see some of these teams and how they play but i'm just overall i'm just excited to have basketball back it'll be it'll be a fun little reprieve from uh from you know just watching parks and rec or the office <laughs> absolutely brother or prison brandana just doing bench presses and writing a novel all right guys uh just we did want to touch on real fast this is probably something we can dedicate an entire rip to but 2021 the dates we have right now for what that's going to look like october 12th um that's the last day for the seventh game of the nba finals october 15th the 2020 nba draft october 18th nba free agency starts november 10th Training camps open December 1 is the start of the 2021 NBA season. So, yeah, that'll be condensed, too. That'll have this cause and effect. They got a little bit more time to figure out how all that's going to look. But, you know, and I think – said – have they said how many games they're going to play? Are they going to play 82? I don't play think so. Yeah, that's I don't going to be the interesting thing is, is like, the, the, the real thing to watch for 2020-21 season. Let's say, that, let's say they play – you know, because usually they start in about November-ish. So let's say they play like a 66-game schedule and the owners can keep that revenue somewhere acceptable. I know players have asked for a reduced schedule. Is this I think fans, fans have asked for it. Yeah, if, yeah, 82 games is a lot. I mean, we I love basketball, but it, I'll tell you what, there's moments in time where I'm like, I'm not – I can't watch more basketball right now. I know it's insane to, to say out loud, yeah. but it's like, all right, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just, we'll take a little break here, but it'll be interesting. I think it'll be better ultimately for the product and, and maybe also too, in a weird sort of way in a league where everyone's totally focused on load management. Um, if we're playing 66 games and we've got the appropriate rest, so to speak, in between maybe more guys like Kawhi Leonard who are probably playing, you know, only low 60s to mid 60 games now play a full season. And we don't have like what what the Clippers experience is like, well, every time I go to the game, either Paul George is sitting out or, you know, Kawhi is sitting out. Now, every time I get to go to a game, I know I'm going to get a star in there. I'm going to see the best players because some guys not going to be sitting down because of, of load management. Yeah, that's a great point, too. And maybe this is like the perfect intersection, obviously not the cause and effect we wanted to get here, but it is an intersection of, you know, probably having to return sooner rather than later just to the, you know, the players agreements, like what they have in place with, you know, stadium revenue, not knowing what it's going to look like, not knowing how many games. So maybe if you do get the chance to the hands forced by starting this December 1st, you can kind of blow up the whole thing and just start over and really look at it. It's just like, okay, well, is this the future of the NBA? The future is like, you know, tit for tat, we'll have less games, but like, you know, just on good faith, like we also, 
we kind of want load management out of it. You know, if we go down to 66, like we really want to see those star players playing like, you know, sure. 60, 66 of those. Yeah. As long as there's the, the per game, you know, revenue average, you know, I'm just kind of spitballing right now, but it's like, as long as that maintains kind of where they were at for 82 or hopefully in a, in a, in a, in a, you know, plus for the owners is maybe it's, it's higher with a short and reduced schedule that they can, you know, they might get that not the, they might not get the ticket revenue, but maybe the TV stuff will be there to, to, to balance it out. I don't okay, know. I'm so spitballing. I'm spitballing too. And let's spitball one. Let's just take this a step further and we can edit it out when I realize I'm completely all fucking base. But exactly. for right now, <laughs> but right now it's a middle school classroom <laughs> and we are spitballing <laughs> the shit out of this. Uh, okay. So it's, so obviously the coach and owner wants to take care of their asset. Talking about load, man, load management. So he's going to sit out, but it, hurt, it hurts the product as a whole because, yes. you know, all of a sudden like the TV revenue is like questionable. If, like, it's it, on Sunday it, hurts, it hurts the fans who buy season tickets. It, yeah. You know, yeah. What if so if the NBA puts it in negotiations for all of the players to play? My idea was like, if so, if you don't play a game, like you don't get that paycheck if you sit out. That's a real carrot stick, you know, thing. Uh, I'm sure there would be some guys who are like, well, what if I'm injured? Obviously, if you're injured. Yeah, yeah then it gets the fake injured. injury. And you can't, I know you like, you can't do the whole, like you can only take it like so far down. And you're right. Like when players start faking injuries, and I think we've seen some of that before where it's just like, is he really injured or is he just kind of like giving up on his team? I know there's been examples of that. Yeah, I mean, Kawhi was the, the lead example with that's what forced him out of, of San Antonio. It's, whether or not he was really injured or not was a question. He didn't feel healthy to come back. He didn't trust the San Antonio's uh, team doctors. They said that he looked, his thigh looked like they were ready to go. And even his teammates were like, you seem like you're, we see your workouts because you're working out at the other end of the court. You look like you're ready, but you're saying you can't. Yeah. And a little bit of that is mistrust with the, with the, with the management. So, I mean, yes, it would be in a, in a perfect world with everyone, you know, just, you know, on the same page for you know let's play the game you make your money i'll make my money uh that would be a good idea but i think it's like the question mark is, is if uh if they get injured what happens then you know right, yep. or what's that's fair enough. Injury? all right that's far enough down the rabbit hole uh real fast um here's the top four odds on who's going to win this year's championship we got the lakers at plus 200 bucks plus 275 Clippers at plus 325, Houston Rockets in four spot at plus 1500. Little impromptu Brandana Gambling Corner. Where's your dollar going, most awesome? At this moment in time, I, I, you know, plus 200, what are we looking at? I mean, it's the safest. I mean, I don't know. Plus 325 for the Clippers might be a little bit more juice worth that squeeze. Everyone's coming back. And when the Clippers have been on, they've been really on. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, rim protection is going to be their biggest issue. And they have Zubac out there, but, uh, you know, going against the Lakers will be a, a tough, tough hang, but at 200 to 325, I'd rather put my money in the 325. So let's go Clippers. All right. Um, you know, I'm going to double up my money. I'm just going to take LeBron James on rest and look at that plus 200. Lock me in. All right, guys. Um, it may be date night. Got Joe coming in for this airborne business. Bring us to the jam. Oh yeah, it's the map date night The showdown is where they fight Here they discuss if this movie sucks Why? Because this pot fucks I said this pot fucks Oh yeah, this pot fucks Alright, MAB date night We got 
Joe Booth, or boy, back in this episode four. This is yeah, this is four. Look at you. Okay, well, this is That's this wild. is uh, MAB date night, kind of a new style. We let him take us out for the date, and he was yeah. like, "Here's what I want to take you guys to see." Let's see 1993's Airborne. So, guys, I'm going to give you the quick rundown. Well, first of all, Joe, let's not get too deep too fast, but have you had you seen this before? I saw this when it came out. When it came out? I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll get into that. And then it's just First of like, all, I'd like to say thank you for letting me pick the movie. Uh, you're a modern pod. And, uh, you know. <laughs> we do, yeah. There's no, uh, we, we don't, you know, uh, there's no gender role or guest roles, guest host roles on this. Like Love it's it. just, you it's know what, lighten. bring it on. You can call it. Uh, okay, so we got a fresh out of water tale of a 16-year-old kid leaving his California home to stay in Cincinnati. Kids immediately don't like him. Girls gawk over him, but it turns out he's awesome at street hockey and rollerblading. So that helps him compete in a downhill race against the richer kid. He also is Phil Jackson level zen-like and refuses to fight anybody. Is that a pretty good rundown of what, what's going on here? I think you nailed it. There's a couple of fantastic details that, that I think is valuable. One, he goes to live with his um, stereotypically Midwestern aunt and uncle, you know, perfectly played by Irene McClurg, who remember is the secretary from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the, the uh, rent-a-car counter worker in planes, trains, and automobiles you know, classic. Uh, and then uh, his cousin played by uh, Seth Green, the Wiley man with the worst hair I've ever seen on a human male. Uh, that hair is so weirdly shade, like a, an, uh, like that shade of red you don't find in nature. I was curious like the whole time, like, do they dye it? Do they enhance it? Like, cause I don't remember, I don't remember Seth's green hair being that deep, like mahogany red. I don't get it. Yeah, or maybe Seth Green went to the premiere of this and he was like, that's what people fucking see on top of my head. And then for the rest of his life, he just dyed it a little darker brown, just tinted it up a little bit. Uh, oh. All right, so jumping in, let's, we can start from the beginning. Toughest plot pills to um, swallow from the beginning of this. Oh, out of the gate. Out, out of the, the gate. gate. Zero, they're, they're skateboarding in LA to the beach or, or, or rollerblading, I should say. Yeah. There's no uh-huh. cars, there's nary a car, nowhere to be found. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, it's insane yeah. like they just they have free reign of the streets from like you know hermosa to anywhere it's on a, on a beautiful day in manhattan beach yeah <laughs> like they're, they're, they're on highland avenue in manhattan beach and then right, go- exactly. in the whole the whole market for rollerblades just plummet a lot quicker than it looked like it would as soon as the rollerblade showed up on the scene it's just like oh this is the new fucking bicycle like, every kid's going to have them generations to come. And it just, like, went away. I think somebody made a couple, like, rollerblade jokes, and then people were just like, you know what? Fuck these. Yeah. yeah. I, I think what's – they're like, no, rollerblades are cool because they're, like, hockey skates. You are like, they're not. They're really not. Even though I think a lot of hockey players – and, like, I have friends who, who play hockey and grew up playing hockey, uh, and they still they, – they play, like, on rollerblades at, a, at an outdoor rink. Um, so I don't, I don't think it was ever – as like looked down upon as we thought it was um my biggest plot pill to swallow starting off was that they're walking home from the beach at golden hour this beautiful beautiful golden sunset and then he gets home and it is very clearly seven in the morning like just a like a totally bright light and it stays bright for the next couple of hours of, of his life during that movie and then his parents tell him uh great news we we got 
uh, a grant to study the Australian wombat, um, which really is just like study what about it? Just yeah. no, I, I did actually. I, I dug yeah, into wombat. The animal. I dug into the wombat scene. Oh, you did. You did a little wombat back backstory. No. Okay, all right. And they're like, we're going to be gone for six months. That's just too long for you to uh, be out of school. And I'm like, they have schools in Australia. Right. Like, famously, you're literally going there to do research. He right. could yeah. go to school in Australia. You're also both, yeah, you're, you're professors. I'm, I'm sure you guys could handle his, you know, like sophomore year biology homework. I'm sure you'd be fine. Uh, that was, it was just so dumb. It was like, I hate when movies do this, when they try so hard to cover up a bad plot point when the solution is very easy. It's like, hey, we got offered a job studying the uh, Australian wombat. He can still be excited. Oh, we're going to Australia, tastiest waves in the world, endless summer. And they're like, no, 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 we're studying it in Cincinnati. And he can go with his parents yes. to yes. Cincinnati. Or, 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 you know what, to your point, Joe, like it was, it's not that they try so hard to cover up the plot holes, it's that they don't try it fucking all. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna blow through this. The, the, simple, the simple solve would be like, hey, we're going to Australia, Australia to cover the Australian drug cartel. It's far too dangerous. You're fucking going yeah. to Cincinnati. Right. We're going to war-torn Sarajevo <laughs> to study these yeah. wombats. Exactly. You can't come. You're going to yeah. Antarctica. Right. Yeah. There's no yeah, exactly. room for you in the station. Like, okay, so we jump to, uh, so we get to Cincinnati, and now we go into cliche movie tropes abroad. And also, I, I do want to say, like, this movie, for, like, that middle, like, 60% of it, is damn close to just four montages right in a row. <laughs> like, I don't get but we do the, like, the kids picking on him. Actually, I actually wrote these down. Uh, so the uh, Mitchell tormented at school to rollerblading with all the local Cincinnati kids following them on their like bikes and stuff yes. to the like the Wiley fashion show three fucking montages that happened within like fucking 30 minutes I know you guys want to get to the let's in order gentlemen everyone just both you guys can't see them right now they both jumped out of their seats when I said Wiley fashion show we, we will get to it we'll get to it so we're doing we're all classic tropes super quick notes I, I, I love reading these yeah, I love reading my notes because uh, you can clearly tell that I was drinking and then I was drinking heavily. Like, why did he pack a surfboard? Who the That's fuck are these parents? They have schools in Australia. Gotta love the snow in his hair that hasn't melted after several minutes indoors. This fucking kid shows too much bottom teeth. He's like yeah. the colonel from Boogie Nights. I keep waiting for him to ask people to see their great big cock. <laughs> oh my yeah, let's God. talk about this. Uh, By the way, can I say my notes real quick? I, oh, I just please. love this. Mitchell's hair is the shit. First off, does it, has any kid ever had better '90s hair than fucking Mitchell? No, that took was off his skateboarding helmet, and it was immediately feathered. It was perfect. That's Jonathan Taylor Thomas level, like just aspiration. I don't know, man. And then, yeah, why the fuck did he bring his surfboard? What the fuck is this hockey game? And then I said, I'm too sexy. Fashion show. It makes it seem like everyone in the 90s did this on a regular basis. That a fashion show yeah. between buddies was like commonplace. Yeah. Because it's everywhere in, in TV, TV and film. Yeah, it was the go-to. Uh, so yeah, so he gets there, uh, gets to the school. The bullies obviously don't like him because he's a cute California kid. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's take this top opportunity right now to talk a little bit about the cast. So who, who is our guy playing Mitchell, like the main dude? So here's the thing with 
Mitchell who's doing this like Matthew McConaughey impression before one hundred percent, yeah, and kind of kind of nailing out there. Um, hasn't uh, had another IMDb credit to his name since like nineteen ninety six. Uh, maybe most also this is where you jump in with your deep yeah. dive. Who is Mitchell? And what's he up to now? Oh, he's in Galveston, Texas. He's a real estate agent, <laughs> yep. and he's he's got a website called the Running Real Estate Agent. He's also picked up for uh, drunken disorderly conduct outside of a bar like six or seven years ago. But don't worry about that. All right. His quote on why he quit acting was, "It was time to move on. I wanted a family and simpler, simpler life." And this is his exact syntax, his exact wording. This I found in Galveston, Texas. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> he didn't. He wasn't acting. Maybe he, he wasn't acting. Yeah, maybe. he wasn't acting at all. This is this guy. <laughs> it makes me so happy. I can get my head on straight about my family at the age of eighteen. Like, how old is this kid? Whatever you got to yeah. do, brother. You know, here's an underrated part of this movie. Every other person besides it him, all of these it can get. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I loved so many of the other performances. Like, yes. I don't know when I've hated a main character so much, and also liked the other characters in a movie. There's there's elements of this movie that are great. Uh, the opening like montage, I actually was watching. I'm like, this is making rollerblading look kind of cool. Right. Like, the, yeah, I would I would watch professional dudes doing this. It looks kind of like like uh, free running, like a pre predating a uh, you know parkour, but with wheels. Um, and then it like the the other characters are funny, but I realize this is the fundamental problem of this movie. If you, which I might want to save, but he's so cool. He's just cool. cool. And he's cool the whole time. He has literally nothing that he has to learn, achieve, gain, overcome. He, his big problem is he's cool and people don't like him for it. Yes. Yeah, I had to like, I had hats off to his stones a little bit. Because every time there was a fight that was close, I was just like, man, I might try to just fucking be a little bit more of a wallflower. But he's just <laughs> yeah, and I wrote, I wrote, has there ever been more a self-assured 15-year-old? <laughs> What, where, who gets this comp where's this confidence come from it's insane 1000 because if, if, if we follow the backstory right so he's telling his you know his future girlfriend that's sitting behind him at that hockey game that he gets dragged to go to nikki um, yes i don't know why he was fighting to go to the hockey game so much like it's your socializing on bro you've been here for like half a day of school everybody fucking hates you maybe if you go to like a hockey game or two or like a school dance like might help you out a little bit try to get blend in literally read the room yeah, right, right. Everybody is jacked up for this hockey game. They all think you're a weirdo outsider. You're like, hey, hockey sounds fun. I'm into new experiences. Like, right. pretty close-minded yeah. for the for the enlightened California bro. Exactly. So he goes to tell. So he turns around, tells Jack's sister the story about like you know this surfer that was just all aggro and then almost killed a kid. We find out, I guess, that it was him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So from that point on, he was just like, all right, I'm not going to beat up people for waves anymore. I'm just going to be chill, which is. Not a light switch. I mean, if you're like fucking trying to like run over like 10 year olds out there on waves and constantly getting in fist fights, you, and you all of a sudden just go and just like, ding, never mind. I'm chill. like, it's that chill. Also, when did this story take place? Because it, it, <laughs> yeah. it seems to be <laughs> like, how young was this kid that he was a much younger kid to a 12 year old? Yeah, exactly. A much younger kid. And also, it's just like, 
because also I'm assuming you're saying like you're fist fighting people in the sand. So are you like a 14 year old calling out like 26 year olds out there surfing? Like just how fucking, and if you are, if you're beating up 26 year olds, you don't want to turn off that fighting gene, bro. Like that's part of your future. That's your strength, man. Get that's off the thing. surfboard and get into the ring. <laughs> that's such a good point. Like you, well, hold on. He said he would fight anyone. It didn't matter how big they were. It's like, yes. he never said whether or not he won or lost. He just said that he would fight yeah. He's like, he got his ass kicked on the regular. He didn't even, <laughs> most He's likely like, that little kid was going to beat him down. He's like, I got tired got of tired fighting because I just <laughs> lost every yeah. time. Not good at it. Just 30-year-olds just beating my ass for mouthing <laughs> off. And I was like, I got to knock this off. I needed a change. Um, I, I used to I say this for the end, but we're going oh, a little bit more chronological. God, this outfit montage is insane. We'll jump into it. I do want to do the you know best best quotes, and this isn't even kind of a joke. I'm just I'm putting a button right here on this little stand moment we have. But um, you get so busy fighting over waves that you never get a chance to enjoy the ocean. Fucking great! That's a great quote. That's yeah. like legit. Like I wrote it down because I was just like, like that's kind of you know I I think we have that quote like a hundred thousand different ways. I'm just how you can say that, but it was uh, I don't know waves over it like little hats off. You put that up on your vision board. You're like, I'm inspired. It's right over there. No. <laughs> okay. My new tattoo. Uh, Very excited. I so he, yeah. So you guys jump in wherever you want to. We can go to the montage. You want to do clothing montage? It's I... just, it's just insane. It is literally just insane. It is. It it doesn't even try to be like to to have any grounding in reality. And the entire montage is just him laughing. Like that's the only emotional response. Has anyone ever, you you guys, most awesome. You're married, Brandon. You've yeah. been in, uh, you've been in relationships your whole life. Have have has anyone on this Zoom or on this uh, podcast? Edit that out. Yeah. Take it. Has anyone on this podcast ever been in a clothing like a situation where somebody was trying on clothes and trying to pick out an outfit and it was in any way fun or entertaining? Never. It's genuinely one of the worst human experiences. Yeah, because <laughs> maybe that's a little they, much. But, uh. <laughs> but what they edit out is like all the time you're sitting there waiting for them to come back out in the outfit. You're like, how long? Did, and now with camera phone, it's just like, you. I'm gonna go downstairs and meditate or rollerblade, do uh, put on my knee pads because that looks like it takes about 35 minutes. And then you just take you take a picture of all the different looks and then show me on the phone and I'll pick it out. The other weird thing is too, is just like his feelings look legit hurt that he's laughing. Seth Green's feelings look hurt, but he's wearing ridiculous outfits. Yes. Like he so put, he's like, putting his hair in crazy things. He's doing absurd dances, but then is defeated that he's laughing and can't get anything right. Like pick a lane, Wiley, like, or yeah. just dress the way you are. The thing that I love too about it is, is like, his speech about Popeye, you know, being he is what he is. And then immediately that that sentiment getting cut at the knees for when he goes to the double date and Wiley gets introduced to his date and she immediately sees him and is like, fuck this dude, I don't like you. Like, it's like, oh, so I guess you can't really, you should have really put some more work into the surface because you are what you are, didn't get you anywhere yeah. until <laughs> well, we'll also, later on. The problem with that quote with I am what I am those are all of Wiley's clothes. So that is right. who he is. Like, why are you right. telling him not to be who he is? He's like, yeah. he's, he's trying, like, what, 
No, if you were trying to put on a suit or like dress nice, it's like, hey man, Wiley, you're a weirdo. Be a weirdo, and that's great. Yeah, you wear you wear cowboy jackets with fringe. Do it, dude. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing, but you're still on brand because you're goofy as shit. I hear Joe. You you write scripts. Like, what happened with this? Did they just come in with this and they're like, fuck, this movie's an hour and ten minutes. I need I need five more. I, I here's here's my best. How many montages we got? Three. Mm, we're yeah. gonna need a fourth one. Pump that up. Let's double. Find, find a way to get one. Here's, 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 okay, so the credits are five, five, three montages, four, five. It's gonna be greater. All right. So the so the script was written by by uh, there, there is a screenwriter on it, but it's then story by uh, uh, him and another guy, and that other guy is the producer. So okay. So what that means is the producer clearly wanted to make a rollerblading movie. Hey, this rollerblading thing is hot. We should make a movie about a like California rollerblader. And I don't know, he like goes to Cincinnati or something. Like his parents are leaving and he has to go stay with his uh, family in Cincinnati. And, uh, and then he rollerblades there and the kids don't like him, but then he rollerblades. Um, and I, my best guess is that the producer bought a lot of stock in rollerblade <laughs> and then wanted to make a movie, got the branding, and then was like, this is going to just go through the roof. I'm going to triple my money. I don't care what the movie does. My stock is going to go up. And so then he brings the idea to the writer, and then you just sort of piecemeal it together. It's 90 minutes, which makes it a perfect act one, act two, act three. All the beats happen exactly where they're supposed to happen. But they're, they're all com completely unmotivated. The only motivation is rollerblades. <laughs> that's, that's the only reason why anything thing happens yeah he doesn't have, have his, a great we, yeah we don't have dream. his ultimate journey right yeah right what does he want at the beginning of the of the movie he's like i just want uh you know tasty waves and a good bean burrito yeah. uh, style he seems way more into yeah styling the hair thing was in made me furious he seems way more into surfing than rollerblades the rollerblades was his best asset it'd be like so like because when he goes in the half pipe and is he seems way better at that than surfing. What we saw in the surfing, he seems way more interested in surfing than he is in rollerblading. And also, who mailed him the fucking rollerblades? I want to know. <laughs> Where did this come from? Because his parents are in fucking Australia. And, and you, you pack your surfboard to what? Go surf on the three rivers of fucking Cincinnati? <laughs> so let's, let's, this let's fix this before we, get, before we get to the... Uh, we got to talk about Devil's Backbone. The cliche name of every fucking trail in every yeah. fucking 90s movie we also have what though talk about the diner we have to talk about the diner, yes, the okay. diner seems all right so we'll get it. it's just real fast you know what's a more interesting movie give me act one starting with him fist fighting people on these beaches and almost killing that kid and like he's yeah. like gotta go to probation or then he gets like, sent away to cincinnati it's sent away to it's Boom. just like like we're solved you can still have all your rollerblades because you're right joe like it says his goal like just keeps changing and the movie just kind of like meanders. And then all of a sudden it's just like, cause you think like, I was just like, oh, okay, like he's going to end up being really good at hockey. And then like, they're going to finally beat like the preps in a hockey game. But then all of a sudden out of nowhere, it's just like, we do this annual race down this hill that whatever, we'll get to the devil's backbone, but it did just kind of come out of nowhere. I, 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 it, it, that's such a good fix. It's like, it, it's like the movie started, started where the last movie ended where he had already learned his big lesson right. and found his like his breakthrough. And then we started the movie and it's like, that's boring. Yeah, I thought, what if he's from Cincinnati 
and is a hockey player and he goes to California where there's no ice. And so then he has to learn how to, you know, he's playing like street rollerblading and you flip yep. it. And then he's taken, you know, he like make a, make Jack the big, the big, you know, Neanderthal dude, make him go to California and be embraced by all the California weirdness. Even that's a better one, but I like your idea more. I mean, there's thousands of movies that people could just fucking put random words together and probably have a better. <laughs> I know you're gonna say there are thousands of better versions yeah, of this we movie. Could, we could sit down and list these all out, but unfortunately, our power rules won't let us do that. Let's go and make this eight parter. Uh, diner scene. Okay, so this is kind of our big date scene. So he gets interested. He's not interested in all the girls that are interested in him because it's just like those girls are so funny like, too. Those two yeah, girls, they're, have, they're hilarious. Yeah, where are the, where are your parents at? Did you want to be Al Pacino's love slave? Okay, it's saying that in the middle of the class. And yeah. in, in speech class, this, this is not how speech class works. By the way, yeah. I would I majored in speech in college. I've never had a speech class where it was just an open format to call out your enemies and like make fun yeah. of kids. Here's yeah, my question: like Have you ever seen a single movie that has accurately depicted a class in high school? Oh. Uh, like what is it just like yep that's it that's exactly what think, it feels I think, like I think Mean Girls kind of got it close everybody's like so funny and pithy and yeah, classes and classes last for four minutes because that's how long the scene is we like start yeah, at the beginning of class then the bell rings I just always feel like they make teachers like fucking idiots or they don't want to worry about coverage. So they just don't shoot the teachers, which is what happened to this one. Like the teacher's in one shot, then they're off to the side and we kind of forget. We're just like, oh, there's a teacher there while Jack Black is yelling in this new kid's face. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's right. Oh, yeah, but he's not in the shot. It's that's a like, common theme like, to bring it back to the diner. The, the parent, like any authority, like any store owner, there's a huge fight going on in the, in, in the diner Where's the store owner? Where's the waitress? Where's any, where's the- They all manager? went to Australia to study the wombat. <laughs> exactly, right. Like what's going on with I this? forget movies do have that. Like there's just kind of, um, I don't know what the word for it is, but it, when like the adults are kind of like, or the kids are acting like adults. And then all of a sudden the, like kind of all the, all the adults disappear. And you're just like, oh yeah. Like there's no accountability for the kids. The kids still don't have that, like that structure or societal rules. Yeah, great point. Another problem with this movie. I just love the prep guys coming in. Blaine. Blaine coming in, who looks like if Dolph Lundgren like created a child with the blonde dude from Die Hard. <laughs> like that's what we're saying. Yeah. Blaine is hilarious to me. He looks like the weirdest like German villain. Like a like this guy absolutely is inheriting like a chateau in the Alps. Like that's who his parents are. He like <laughs> He's like a bassoonist. He's got, a, he's got an uncle orchestra. in Argentina. I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. He comes uh, in, just, I mean, choose the scenery. And then Jack comes in. It's like one villain enter, one villain leave. Yes. Right? It's just like, excuse me, I'm the bad guy in this movie. Uh, oh, my, my bad. I'll hit the road. And then we, right, right. It makes no earthly sense. And, and Nikki really pisses me off in this scene because in scenes earlier, you know, they're after the hockey game, they're they're having their flirtation or whatever, and Mitchell is talking to Nikki, and he's like, he sees like Augie and 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 Jack coming down the hallway. He's like, "Ooh, I don't want you, I don't want you to get caught up in this. I'm gonna get out of here." At no point she's like, "Oh, well, that's my brother." 
yeah so i could just you know i could like put in a good word for you no she lets him twist in the wind and worried about getting the shit kicked out of him even though she's having this flirtation with him but she wouldn't sit there and be like yeah. oh why are you why are you why are you picking on this guy it's not that bad leave him alone Nikki's what's the got age a gap between these people what's oh my on? god dude jack is 42 years old he's basically <laughs> he's played by current day john cena <laughs> john cena went back in time to star in this movie nikki is gonna have to ask herself some real tough questions about uh the kind of guys that she's attracted to she she used to date blaine right yes so yes. she's got a lot of issues about why she's trying to piss off her brother then exactly. this guy comes in he's everybody's enemy and the first thing he tells her is he almost killed a child for getting in his way and she's like i need to go to lunch with this cat yes let's right. make out um all right guys we are running out of time we still yeah. have more segments to get through real fast but we need to jump over to devil's backbone um all right so yep. our piece of shit movie has to end somehow so we're gonna end it with this downhill intense. race it's intense uh, i gotta say this podcaster was on the edge of a seat watching devil's backbone I'm how did they figure out this race route like, they, i wrote it down exactly when, when I was like, comes this is down and he's got to go over the the over the overpass of the freeway how does he know how does he just yeah. like i'll just keep going down the street i don't see anybody but no i'll go down these random collection of stairs i'm gonna cut through the parking garage at the airport it's like, hey, just remember, right. I can't find my car in a parking garage at the airport. A collection of kids with no GPS and no cell phones all know, like, oh, yeah, yeah, take a left at C11. 1,000%. This, is, this isn't Devil's Backbone. That's not a route. This is, like, Google's Maps, like, evil Mad Lib. Like, you're just picking out, it's just like, all right, when you get to this, like, you just want to go down this windy thing that's super dangerous, find the next dangerous thing, and then it's just, like, it ends at the pier. They couldn't have taken, like, the when you flag trees the little like tape that's like fluorescent and stands out they couldn't even done that i know they had that in the 90s they could have just flagged it and then that way we would have known oh i need to go here you know what i mean Except they, one guy they clearly up. everyone knows what's going on they have the chick like starting the race i love it i love the part of the race where it's like hey jack blaine's like hey jack there are no rules and i like the lady who's like well just actually real quick point of point of uh a privilege here uh, they're actually first three to cross the finish line. That's the that's the only rule aside from your no rules. But, but anyways, and we're off. You know what I mean? I love it. There are no rules. Wait, wait, no, no. But <laughs> one rule. Yeah. So they're uh, yeah back to back. That's there's a very clear uh, course that's been plotted out. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you need to stay within those lines. Uh, <laughs> you know, are, everyone needs to pee in this cup. We're doing random drug testing. But besides that, no rules. Also, no rules. Uh, I love the I love that he has to tell him that hey. Real quick, the rules to this race that we've clearly done over and over every year. I just want to give you a heads up. I don't know if you were there the last eight times we did this race, but there are no rules except for the, the three guys, <laughs> which except for the whole, it's a team race. Yeah, I didn't get that. Well, it's also, it seemed like you didn't have to, you could start unlimited. It didn't seem like even teams. There's two things on here. So it, it, yeah, it's just like, it seemed like one team was starting like 12 people and the other was like six. So it's still like, I get this top three, but that's still gonna like increase your odds on this devil's backbone madness. Two things I have. Do, I, I, can I give me what, uh, we'll do uh, Brandana's ball drops. Two things that I was gonna do in the movie and then realized I hated it so much that I just didn't do it because it sounded like it was gonna take too much time. Two Brandana ball drops, gonna introduce it right here. <laughs> Okay. I swear to I swear to God. You might want to work on the branding of that segment. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> Touche. I swear to God that uh, the girl that told them 
to start the race mm-hmm. is at the finish line when they arrive. There's no way that's fucking timely possible. Then I buy a car. She walked over, got into a car, drove down this hill and like lands at the finish line before they do. I also wanted to, cause it didn't seem, obviously there was a lot of cuts, but it seemed like it was supposed to be like a, like a really minute, like time happening in real time, aligned with real time. Right. So I wanted to calculate how fast they were going. And then, because it looks like probably like 30, 30 miles an hour, 25 to 30. Well, the entire then, race is 10 minutes long. Right. The entire race is 10? How do you know that? I went no, back and I looked to see how, how long we had been watching them race. Because I can <laughs> watch all my movies with a stopwatch, Brandon. I yeah. Yeah. By the okay. way, like, he, had already, he had already won the day. He, he got the girl. He got the approval of all the kids. Even Jack was like, hey, you're all right. You know, and... Why are we having this race? It's completely yeah, unnecessary. Got to be the preps and something. We got to end this movie somehow. Yeah, the preps, the the preps in the school. Like, like, how, what are these factions between that we never beat the preps? Like, I don't understand. Like, the, these aren't even like the Jets and the Sharks. Like, what's up? I, yeah, I don't, he I don't kisses the girl, the- and then I f- I feel like it. The movie ends because right after he kisses Nikki, he says, "Anyway, I got to." get to my plane because I'm going back to California now because this is all over. By the way, when does Cincinnati have their school year? Because there's, he's walking around in like a t-shirt and bare feet. We went from the dead of winter to like spring in about two and a half weeks. Yeah. Timelines all over the place. He, he, he even says like, he even says you've been here a week. Are you trying to like alienate everybody in your first week? And he's and like that day there's, like green grass and he's walking around with it 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 makes no sense um one thing well sorry i gotta say i gotta say one thing the one thing i I took from this movie absolutely one thing it is utterly impossible and i really want anyone who's listening to this to close your eyes unless you're driving and picture this (laughs) i want you to picture two guys almost in a fight and then one person says something really menacing and then inline skates away as fast as he can. And I just want you to picture how every drop of dignity and intimidation is gone when you inline skate away from a potential fight. You're dead. Yes. You hear me? Next time I see you, you're dead. And then you inline skate away. Sashay. Sashay. Uh, are you guys got any more quotes? I gave mine earlier. Uh, you get so busy fighting over waves that you never get a chance to enjoy the ocean. Uh, this is a shitty script, so don't feel yep. obligated this, to drop. This name. ties into the Brandana ball drop. I could give two left two testicles left. about your school, your hockey game, or your town, or whatever he says. That was on my list. Um, all right, where are they now? I got Mitchell Pro Surfer. Wiley still lives in the mother's basement, still calls himself the Wiley Man. It's my For sure. Uh, Alexis and Debbie, uh, I can only imagine uh, early teenage pregnancy. Uh, that's the, the two chicks that were thirsty for Mitchell. Oh, they uh, absolutely had a, a hit video involving a cup. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Augie, uh, if there's a factory in Cincinnati, he's definitely working at it, probably yep. spazzing out, losing his mind over that. Um, Jack, I don't know. Jack's got some real aggressive tendencies that may or may not uh, lead to him getting arrested a time or two. Um, and then Nikki, I don't know. I'm not really sure where she's going to be. Uh, well, uh, Nikki actually might be uh, dating Vern Troyer uh, up until the time of his death. I don't know. 
So that's oh no, that's really Brittany Paul. All right, never mind. I take that back. <laughs> really went down. Uh, I think right. Snake is a uh, is probably a, a public servant. He's most likely a like he's on the city council. He yeah, did yeah, well for himself. He was posturing on another pod. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. He likes well, tattooing hey. names into people's forehead and doing his civic duty. <laughs> What a monster movie. Thanks for the recommend. Thanks for taking us out real fast. Let's do um, out of five air horns. Let's start it. Rank it. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, everyone. Oh, too. The consent. That, that's a first. Or dropping the 40%. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, Joe, you want to stick around and judge the Neapolitan showdown? Oh, my God. I'd be honored. Bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Cause we can't see eye to eye There ain't no good guy There ain't no bad guy There's only you and me And we just disagree Alright, Neapolitan Showdown What started out as rank some ice cream flavors It's turned into Well, the best thing on this podcast We'll say that um, <laughs> did we make Joe the last time he's he's judged this before? Did we make him rank the ice cream flavors? Well, I don't know. Have we? I think we may have off pod gotten his rankings, but let's get his consensus individually: chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. Okay. How would you rank them in your order, Joe? I'll tell you what. This is perfect because uh, I went and quarantined for a couple of weeks uh, at a lake house, and while I was there, somebody. It, uh, there was a really fancy Neapolitan ice cream that was brought in. And I had a real moment of, oh God, how does this go down? Because it was like every flavor was supposed to be the top end of that flavor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like this. You will be following this up with an answer. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you start off in space. So you're just nope, like, that's the... That's, like, still great. thinking. Oh, uh, you're you're not going to like it, go, but I'm going to go... Great. Here's the thing. All right. This is something I've now, I've, I've always wanted to know. Is it, do we rate, are these flavors in a vacuum? Like if I just had them alone or is it when they're in concert, when they're in the three no, no, no. together? Yeah. In, 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 in a vacuum. In a vacuum. Yeah. Oh, got it. Oh, okay. Chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. Beautiful. Well, uh, chocolate's always the best option. That works. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as you didn't put vanilla, vanilla people are lunatics. No. Yeah, you know, see now, you know, maybe this is good. We do this before H the Apostle Showdown gets that gets that little that spunk we used to have in these when we really yeah. went after each other's throats. Tell you now, what, you put them all in the same carton, chocolate drops to the bottom. Absolutely it, drops to the bottom. There, there's nothing like a little strawberry vanilla mashup. Oh God, I am I am gonna get all over and and probably double back for more. But individually, if I'm like forced to scoop one out, I'm I'm leading with chocolate. I'm going me. I'm a CSV guy. Chocolate, strawberry, vanilla, but that's just me. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll jump into this, guys. Unfortunately, the writers of Airborne have limited how far deep we can go into this, and we got to plow through these top three 1990 sitcoms. Ooh. Uh, we did 1990 because we couldn't remember if we've done sitcoms before, probably. But uh, eh, you know, after 119, who's counting anymore? <laughs> Please, let's hope it. Um, okay. So here's here's my overall my macro comment about 1990 sitcoms. Um, they're absolutely unrewatchable 
like I can't believe I watched these. I would never be able to go back and watch these. Have you tried to like watch an episode? Well, let me get the rules real fast. The rules are 1990s. What does that mean, Brandon? What if it's like Cheers that had a couple seasons in like 91, 92? I went the majority of the sitcom took place in the 90s. So that that eliminated like Night Court and Cheers for me. Some of those that were still kind of hanging on that. I love that are just like I'm not there. Fair right. enough. Sure. John Larroquette and Night Court, fantastic, by the way. Just real oh, yeah. putting that out there, yeah. right there. Right I know, yeah. I, I was also, just like, I have, to, I have to say Night Court. Is that the best opening music to any sitcom ever? Anna, did he have that song ready to go? No, guys, that is Joe just going off the cuff there. Do it a cappella. I like this. <laughs> Um, I, my number three spot, I have Coach. Ooh, Coach is a good one. Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson. Dauber. Dauber, yeah, has a little bit more of the the office comedy as opposed to house comedy. I don't mean office like the TV show, but, you know, like a lot of the, the home improvements or whatever is just like those are like at the home. It's home comedy. It's kind of all the family together. Like this yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, this is a little bit more just kind of in the office, like at the going through and his interactions with um, uh, Dauber and what was the other Van Dyke? Oh, co- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. The the older coach, right? Yes, yeah. Dick Van Dyke, right? Am I crazy, my coach? Oh man, I, everyone's gonna have to drink on that one. I, it's not Dick Van Dyke. No, 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 no. It's not no, Dick not or Jerry Van Dyke. Jerry, is that the name? I have no idea. It's Guys, Chuck, this is Chuck Van Dyke. It's uh. <laughs> Flemish painter Van Dyke. All right, who's your who's your number uh, who's your number three? Ooh, I'm gonna go with this. Uh, I love this show. It 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 definitely. When I think of '90s sitcoms, it it rings to me. I'm gonna go with Married with Children. Wow. Al Bundy. Oh yeah. Peg Bundy, Bud Bundy, Kelly Bundy, who played a large role in my adolescent life. I'm not gonna sure. lie. Uh, Marcy Darcy, Steve Jefferson, the whole gang, even Dog the Buck, great lead into uh, Simpsons, uh, which unfortunately did not make my my list, but um, great. I mean, it was just it was. You did say Dog the Buck, just so you know, instead of Buck the Dog. <laughs> I did say Dog. Yeah. I meant Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, okay, the, Buck the, dog. the name the name was Jerry Van Dyke. Just clear that up. Let's move on. Great radio. Thanks for coming here. <laughs> Um, children. You know, there was originally. Uh, I just like there's no rules, but I just want to get out there. Jerry Van Dyke <laughs> did play the old guy on. Uh, uh, did originally called not the Cosby's. Uh, the writers got together. They basically wanted to put a TV show on television that was about the most unwholesome family you could ever imagine finding. And I loved it because there was a woman from Michigan. I remember this growing up as a kid, because her name was Terry Ricolta who was so incensed by the show and its lack of family values that she wrote letters and got sponsors canceled uh, from them. And uh, they had this, they even wrote about her within the show. And every year that the season or that the show got renewed, they would send her uh, a large bouquet of flowers from the, from married with children, which I just thought was fun. was, oh, was yeah. awesome. I love it. All right. How do you score Joe? Wow. Uh, okay. Coach. I'm going to give, uh, I think we said three different wrong names before we landed on Jerry Van Dyke, so you get three points yeah. there. Uh, and, then, uh, and then Married with Children, the non-Cosbys, which I think, man, th- that ages really, really well. Uh, and also, talking about opening credits, 
he's handing the 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 twenties out to his whole family. Everybody gets like a like a bill, peeling off yeah. a twenty for Kelly. Kelly Bundy, God, peeling off a, a twenty for for Buck, peeling off a uh, for Bud, peeling off a twenty for the wife, and then the, the dog comes up with perfect comedic timing and takes a twenty with its mouth. It's incredible. So uh, yeah. I think he gave out a hundred bucks. So it's currently at a hundred to three. Yeah, dog, oh. dog the buck. Yeah, that guy's great. Dog the buck. If I would have known you were scoring like that, I could have got that name wrong for a lot longer, a lot more names. But <laughs> number two, in my two spot, I have um, is a little bit more on the family tip. I think I did like this a little bit more than I did Full House, kind of in that same area. I went step by step. Ooh, Stacy Keach, right? Yeah, Stacy, little Patrick Duffy. Patrick my, Duffy. Um, yeah. Suzanne Summers. I Suzanne like Summers. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's about like blend, blended families. These two step families coming together, live underneath one roof. Pandemonium, baby. Pandemonium. Did this come after Family Matters? Was this, was like, this after on, on that TGI Friday slate? Like timeline wise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you were watching it. I can't remember. I'm trying to just think like, I definitely, I watched it, but I felt like it was on the, the later. I think got the last slot. Yeah. yeah I think yeah, it was yeah. the later slot. Yeah. And Family Matters had already been cooking with gas by the time Step by Step. Yeah, happened. Urkel was fire oh yeah at it's that time yeah. own it. um very good step by step was good the brother was a little too doofy for me in my personal opinion but stacy keach was great i loved her and my two dads she's fantastic yeah uh, yes. uh underrated show i really like my two dads my two dads absolutely yeah all right yeah, when, when we do our uh top three 80 sitcoms for like the second time on pod 270 we'll go ahead and right. uh we'll dig we in a little deep in my two dads yeah, yeah. my yeah, two dads like such it. a weird setup we basically we both hooked yeah. up with your mom within like a week of each other yeah well it starts out and like, like so neither of these dudes the want to have a paternity test yeah so here's the thing uh, out of the gate your mom's a whore right right so now that we got that underneath our belt um not anymore. I mean, Based, a sexual agency right. now, but in the eighties, one hundred percent. Well, she's she's dead now. So she's dead. I mean, who knows? We, no one wants to look into that any further. Based on her decisions, we're in a little bit of a predicament. <laughs> if only there was some sort of blood test we could do that would prove financial responsibility for one of us and let the other one off scot fucking free. <laughs> yeah, we're also buddies. And, I meant, like, oh man, we're, we're you... totally anti-testing altogether. Yeah. we just don't know what's on the other well, side of that I... door. I remember there was a there was an episode where they got the test. It was going to be like the big thing. I don't know if it was going to be the series finale or like whatever. And then they tore it up. They decided not to look at it because they both wanted to be a part of her life. Yeah, the, they should have not waited until the finale. That should have been a real premiere decision to get the test. Yeah. It probably should have been like a like a mini series. It's just like you got two dads. Um, by episode four, we're gonna know who he is. Until then, we're all just gonna hang out underneath this roof together. It's just such a weird setup. <laughs> What's your number two most awesome? Right. Uh, I, love we we spent, I love that we spent more time on my two dads. I know. Dads we than... can't leave this hot my two dads talk on the table. Next I mean, let's fix them. my two dads. She, <laughs> she, she has her mom and her dad. They have her, right? Then her mom remarries with the second dad. Then her mom dies. Now she has two dads, regular dad, stepdad, but she's had them both her whole life, so they both raise her. As opposed to... We ran a train on your mom one night. Now we don't know. Yeah, we, we, we spit roast a pig, and guess oh, what? Oh, oh, wow. Oh, the emails. Oh, the emails. It's just, um, why would you make that choice? Yeah. <laughs> I was your number two. My number two. Okay, all right. Um, my number two, 
Uh, I loved his music as in the nineties. I love Fresh Prince. I'm going Fresh Prince. I love DJ Jazzy Jeff. Me and my buddy Tad Mullenix would lay our own. If there, Tad, if you're out there, you can find this. We lay our own voices over on some of the DJ Jazzy Jeff tracks, which has got to be horrifying to listen to later on. But Fresh Prince, I know we talked about it on Pod's Pass, like. Will Smith almost got fired. His acting was terrible. We, yes. we, we had the whole Darren effect. We switch Ant Vivs and go to the new Ant Viv, which is great. Yeah. But I loved it. There, the, it, it became like a really good show later on. It had a lot of laughs, but it also had some emotional moments and showed Will Smith to be like a, a pretty uh, powerful actor. Yeah, it had a lot of good, um, you know, it, it did. I, I like the sitcoms. It did it well also of just kind of, being able to evolve as a sitcom and staying in the yeah. game, you're not trying to go back to the same tropes where it just gets a little bit more serious, you know, dealing with, I don't know, like bigger issues, which a lot of the sitcoms in the early nineties were kind of pushed to do. And just some were like big swings and misses. Like I remember like full house doing some stuff that was just like, this is, this doesn't feel real at all. Like saved right. by the bell. Like this is like, I'm a maniac, but it's like, yeah, fresh friends had that. It's just, I think I, I do remember in the early, and it was always fun because, you know, you're a kid, it's one of the very first openings you memorize, and you're kind of wrapping along with it, which is great because you, like, know all the words, and you go in there and just kind of, like, there's a little bit of the anti-authority, like the fish out of water, like, with, um, you know, Uncle Uncle Phil, right? Yeah, Uncle Phil. Yeah, Uncle Phil, mm-hmm. and then, like, them kind of butting heads, but... Uh, I like, I just think like when I really think about that show, I think about Will Smith, like with a flipped up ball cap and just kind of like making like faces. There's a lot of face making and just like, and it's like, I don't. Yeah. This is the opposite of Airborne. Like he comes so. to, he, he comes to LA and oh, yes. uh, it has to adjust to, uh, uh, you know. I was like, I don't remember him snowboarding or <laughs> no, I think but... of what other like opposite of rollerblading there was. Um, this is uh, yeah. another good another good example, uh, most awesome of a a show that worked for its time, but also yes. ages pretty well. You know, yeah. I haven't I, watched it in a while. Yeah, but I bet it, I bet it probably would. Well, uh, it um it has like an episode where he and Carlton get pulled over, basically just for driving like a really nice car and being black yeah. in Bel Air. There's the great episode where Will's uh, dad comes back. Yes, and like. Yes. Will Will has a, a very good Will hunting moment of like having a breakthrough. Yeah, uh, and then when he gets into, I think he gets into Stanford, he like right. blows the interview. But then at the last minute, he like solves the guy's Rubik's cube in like four seconds, which just impressive Will Smith to even memorize that. I look at a Rubik's yeah. cube and I fall asleep. I I, I <laughs> it's too much information to process. Uh, yeah, I, I remember giving Rubik's cube a few shots and just being like. Ah, life's too short. How do you score, brother? Uh, I'm giving uh, Paul uh, four points for how many uh, seconds it took Will to solve the Rubik's Cube. And Brandon gets uh, 94 points uh, because that's how many uh, dudes were eligible for a paternity test in my two dads. (laughs) (laughs) It was a big week. Uh, all right. Not then, even the show he put up. Oh my god! Step by step. My point score was based. On I'd my... highly prefer my Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but I just needed the. I, I like it. I like. I love it. Uh, all right, number one. Um, we'll hustle up here. Uh, I got a show that's already been mentioned. This was my go-to. This was the home run hitter. I think probably my favorite sitcom just during the whole TGIF era. I'm going Family Matters. 
yeah. whole Winslow family. Like it's Look just, I don't know. Like you would think Urkel would get old after time and just going around. I just, I, I like. Oh, oh you think, Doctor? Life. Oh, you think? <laughs> Did I do that? I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. It's a catchphrase. I know Stefan showed up. It was, you know, you're you're rooting for the nerd to get love. Yeah. I'm not saying that that coat fit old Brandana well around the age of ten or eleven, but could relate. So this is where I'm going to go back to the to to, to to hammer at your rewatchable point. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Friends as my number one. It's the OG. You guys do know Friends yes. and Seinfeld. Yes, we're in the nineties, right? I didn't. Yes, right, right. I didn't put Seinfeld on there because it for me the the whole point of like '90s sitcoms the the, the rewatchable factor now is at its all time high. And I would say friends was like the OG. I don't know what we want to watch. Just put on friends. It's fine. Like it's, yeah. it's great in the background. There's, there's great moments. Um, Brandana and I had the controversial moment of, uh, uh, of Monica over Rachel as my, as I, I thought Monica was hotter, like aesthetically, right. than like Rachel. Yeah, I know. We we had that pod, but that's all right. We got through it. We're still here today. Um, I guess so. We should just cancel the pod after that, actually. Now that I've been reminded, we'll just go ahead and stop rolling. Right. And everyone passed through Friends. Like, every great actor, Brad Pitt, uh, John Willis. Lovitz, Bruce Willis. Yeah. yeah, I went to John Lew- John Lovitz. <laughs> yeah, the class. The class. Charlton yeah, Heston yeah, yeah. was on. Charlton Heston, right. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for bailing me out. Uh, yeah, everyone who was through there was great. Uh, Julia Roberts. Lovitz. Yeah. Did you say Julia Roberts? I didn't. I said John Lovitz again. Oh, Reese right. Witherspoon. <laughs> yep, and John Lovitz. I don't yep. know. If <laughs> All right, guys. IMDb is available to anyone listening. <laughs> they can go through the list. How do you score it, Joe? Oh, I mean, I mean, come on. This is a this is a slam dunk. You didn't even try. Uh, Family Matters. Uh, the one the one thing about Family Matters is uh, is this a sitcom based on the cop from Die Hard? Is this like yes. when yes, he gets true. home? <laughs> like, this, is, this is what he's got to come home to. No wonder he wants to stay at Nakatomi Plaza. Like, what a <laughs> shit show to go home to. Yeah, he's uh, like, you're far less annoying than Urkel. Yeah, Friends. Hans Gruber. Friends, come on. Friends is 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 the greatest sitcom of all time. It has the the it has the probably the the most like so many shows take so long to figure out what they are to figure out who the characters are. Friends had five out of six in the pilot. Like Phoebe took a minute for them to get Phoebe's voice, but at the end of season one, it is impossible for you. Could take a script of Friends, take every character's name off of it, and you would be able to. You'd be batting ninety, like nine fifty, I think, to yeah. like get. Oh no, this is a Chandler line. That's a Ross line. That's a Rachel line. Like you would know it absolutely. Uh, they never change, but they develop. They evolved. It's the best sitcom of all time. Hundred percent throw out the score friends wins i mean you come on you could have come seinfeld at me yeah i who's, get it you don't have to rub my nose in who's who, who, do you, who do you like do you like rachel or, or monica uh rachel come on man i uh there was a, the, monica had had one season where she was just piping hot and then uh and then she goes, i think yeah. probably about what happened no, 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 go ahead. What were you saying? Oh, uh, around season four, season five, here's the thing. I went from like, oh, Rachel's hot to, oh, Phoebe's nasty. 
<laughs> like, you know, Phoebe would be the most fun. Yes. Phoebe. Yes. Phoebe gets down for sure. Yeah. I'm surprised that nobody of did any, I don't think anyone hooked up with Phoebe in that. I will rost it a little bit post his like divorce or like, yeah, it was in the flashback episode. Yeah. But no one really, but yeah, she would have definitely been, been game for a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, she would have had a My Two Dad situation going on. <laughs> All right, most awesome with the victory on Friends. All right, we're out of time for it, but we're going to do it anyway. Brandana Gambling Corner, you'll see why. Bring us to the jam. series guys we've been talking about it on the pod you'll see some of it coming up on our instagram email us text us if you have any questions about how it works we want you guys to watch this basically have eight friends that drafted from a pool of 100 of the greatest nba players of all time and we just had our play-in games it's going to be a tournament of basically a tournament of six teams or 16 teams with eight of those teams being scrubs eight being represented by the teams we put together joe has one of those franchises i have one of those franchises Paul has one of those franchises as well. And basically, we just did a play-in games, and now the real round starts. It's going to be best of three. Um, and you can look on to see what the rosters are. We have Lakers, the Pelicans at the Lakers, the Kings at the Pistons, the Clippers at the T-Wolves, the Nets at the Celtics. Again, these are all – each one of these teams, they didn't have to be a Celtic. They didn't have to be a Net. That's just what the owners chose to – because you had to pick a logo from the NBA. But they were going to be built with all-time players – You'll find the rosters. We set the line on these. I just want to release it for the people playing. I want to release it on the pots, then jump in. So the Lakers um, at the Pelicans. So their Lakers play a game. Again, this first round of games were these eight teams playing a team of just like just average like 60 rankings and below. So the Lakers won their first game 127 to 56. Now, granted, a lot of these are going to be pretty big scores, but just to let you know. And then um, Pelicans won by 46 points. Got Lakers, eight and a half point favorites playing at home. Ooh, wow. I did not expect that. I got Kings at the Pistons. Um, So the Pelicans are owned by Madigan, 2019 emailer of the year. So we'll see how that matchup goes. And it's Joe Boost Lakers. Lakers eight and a half points. Shot taker Lakers. <laughs> Will, uh, quick, Joe, since you did get to watch your team play today, what did you like that you saw? I'll tell you what. Dwayne Wade was a one-man wrecking crew. I uh, also liked how tenacious they were on defense. They got after it. We had a lot of on-ball seals. Uh, our our uh, bench bigs came out <clears throat> real nice. Pau Gasol uh, had a lot of great defensive stops. Um, McHale is playing his way into getting a lot more minutes. I, 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 I had this idea that LaMarcus Aldridge was going to be a real, like uh, a real boost to scoring at the four. And I just don't like what I saw from him. So McHale's going to take over that spot and could potentially push into the, into the starting rotation. I like how tenacious he was. Um, great, you know, great rim protector, tough. I mean, not a shocker. It's Kevin McHale. Uh, yeah, but I think, you know, I designed my team to be a three point shooting powerhouse. That's what I wanted. I wanted scoring from all five positions and I wanted it to, 
I want to just attack the arc. And, and even though Dwayne Wade is ranked as a high outside shooter, he just drives the paint so much that I think I got to move him out of the starting lineup, bring in McGrady, and then let Dwayne Wade take over when the bench comes off. When, uh, when our subs come in and then just let him have his one-man show and then yeah. let Durant you, and Curry spread the ball. You, you want him to be the sixth man coming off and just covering for those those bench minutes when uh, the scores are sitting down, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then Dwayne Wade can do his thing and let, you know, Gasol uh, set screens and then, and, then, uh, and then he can attack the road. That's what yeah, I get. Like. Yeah, you guys can find these games. These games will stay posted up. Uh, the ones we're just talking about now, <clears throat> if they're playing games, so obviously they're not going to be, mm-hmm. you know, close barn burners. But you yeah, can. if you go to twitch.tv backslash Mab Sports Podcast, you can all watch all the playing game, games as well as our best of three series. It's surprisingly uh, fun really fun. It's so fun. Like, there I are a couple of moments where where I was like, am I just, if I, if I just been missing sports this much, or is this really entertaining? I'm leaning towards really entertaining. It's really entertaining. Yeah. I still think there were, I think it'd be harder to schedule. I think it would be like harder to get the guys together to be like, all right, like what day are you free to do this draft? And like a little bit more, you know, just like conflicts with when we actually want to play the games. Cause yeah. you know, if it's a guy's team, he's going to want to watch it live. So I think that helps kind of move it along a little quicker, but I think we're watching the right time and it'd be fun if you guys, uh, if you guys out there, you want to join next year's whenever we do it or the next time it happens. Shoot us an email. Let's go. All right. Second one, we got Kings. Uh, that is Jada Vavik. They're Kings and they're playing at most awesome's Pistons. Uh, right. I had to like what you saw Ooh. today at your Pistons, brother. Ooh. All right, we got the Pistons at home as nine and a half point favorites. Ooh, nine and a half. Ooh. So okay. I, I, I mean, I don't want to come in there and toot my own horn. I'm, I'm worried about the Kings' front court size. They're starting Kevin Garnett uh, at the three. Uh, oh shoot, who are they? Oh, Dirk Nowitzki at the four, and Anthony Davis at the five with LeBron at the two. It's got a big long squad. Uh, but my Pistons, uh, 25 steals. You talked about on the ball, just rips, just taking them. We had three players in the top four or five, five, I think, of steals. Scotty Pippen and Tim Duncan both having six steals in that game. Uh, I like our defense. I like our versatility. We had the fewest number of threes taken, I think, in the whole of the eight teams. But what I liked is, is we had post players and we had guys that could get to the rim. So we had Harden could go get a shot. Magic Johnson can go to get a shot. Uh, I had Dominique Wilkins, who was surprising on the bench, just dunking off of, on, on people. Um, Allen Iverson, obviously Allen Iverson can go get a shot whenever. So it was, I was less concerned about the threes and more about individual playmakers. When the, when the stuff broke down, who's going to be able to get a bucket and I have all like I have a lot of guys in that two guard position on the wings that can go get a bucket whenever they need it. If you could reprogram part of the AI just in the actual PlayStation that does the sim, like what would you like to step up a little bit for your team? Were there any kind of just like shit? Not how I would handle it directly if I had like godlike powers over it. Yeah, I think that the trouble is is that the sim looks at like and and we talked about this is like how well are these guys playing? We want to give the best guys playing well when. Well, when it's in a when you're playing against scrubs, all of these Hall of Famers, because I think we probably all have like eight Hall of Famers on our roster, 
um they all the coaches like in this like ai conundrum well you're playing well and you're playing well so i don't know what to do i don't just know every every do. two minutes just subbing and people it's just like yep yeah, yeah, you are amazing get in there yeah you get in there too someone's got to come out all right we'll get back in there it's yeah just like, awesome. i i really wish it would be a, there would be and there is a little bit it's it doesn't seem to like i can't like plot my minutes i'd love to sit there and be like i want these five guys out here for six minutes and then we're going to sub it in at six minutes these two guys for four minutes and then sub off and, and actually manipulate the rotation a little bit more. Um, I know I'm sure some 2K players out there are going, well, but you can do that. Most awesome. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know how because I'm 41 years old. So, <laughs> um, All right. For me, I would have a lot more ball movement. Move the damn ball. But I think the AI struggles with that too because it's like, why would Kevin Durant pass right now? He's got a mismatch. And yes. Yeah. So it'll be interesting when, when Kevin Durant is, is being guarded by LeBron. and That'll be interesting, too. And we set all the playbooks to the same. So we all went with the all-star playbook because we figured that would be the most, like, because I didn't want anyone to be hamstrung by the Nets playbook if that didn't fit into their play style. Right, so, yeah. we figured, so we figured an all-star playbook would, be, would lend itself more to having, you know, stars at every position. Uh, yeah, the big thing is taking over, guys, as you kind of watch this league, if there's anything where just everything is set on the same baseline so all teams have the same effect. So it's like – and that's that's important. So it's basically just letting your squad of guys going up against each other on whatever just takes away any of the other variables, skips on the same plane. All right, game three. Uh, we have the Clippers at the T-Wolves. Um, and this is going to be Fleming's Clippers, our NBA correspondent, um, against – we got – Chris Allen's T-Wolves. Uh, he came on here to talk college hoops, diehard KU fan. Um, I had the Clippers favored by five and a half. Ooh. Clippers minus five and a half on the road. I like I it. They, they had the second highest points in the – or the, or the third did, highest. Yeah. Third highest, yeah. Third highest. Number one in assists, best shooting team uh, – or you know, against the best shooting team in CA's Timberwolves, which had uh, peak – Shaquille O'Neal which is like when you see on the Sims um seeing like super athletic big men really jump out yeah like seeing yeah. Shaq sprint down and beat like uh, uh you know beat guards down the court easily it's like oh this is a this is a real problem like this is, is something that could be a, a real mismatch in the game yeah it'll be interesting I think Joe you brought up a little bit I think one of your first texts as we were about to go into the draft was how valued big men will be so that's what I'm really you know because you know I went my big motto was not shooting three and we'll cover mine real fast uh we got the Nets at the Celtics for our fourth game uh that'll be T-Boz's Celtics who was on uh, a couple weeks ago to talk blood sport he's got one of the squads and he's going against my Nets I got the did we tell him that he was on does he know that he was on? <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you're just like, oh, yeah, margaritas work. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, I got the Nets favored by five. I like it. Celtics' lowest scoring team, the only team in the sim against the Scrubs not to break 100 points. Wow, that's really, really bad. Yeah. They scored 89 points. There were – Two teams that scored 100 points by the third quarter. Most teams were in that 90-point range in and around the third quarter. He scored 89 points. Your Pistons won by 85. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah. That, uh, what I like about the Clippers, too, as I talk about the big men, was that they did hold 
uh, hold their sims or hold their uh, play in game, their scrubs to 40 points. Yes. So they had the, I think they had the biggest point differential, right? Yeah. I think they were like yeah, 87 uh, yeah, 86. 86. Uh, yeah. So uh, again, Joe, I, I want to, I'll, I'll loop back real fast so we can shut this off. Do you guys give any final thoughts or um, who you like this week? Any upsets you see now that you've seen the teams actually play, but uh, yeah, big men. It's just, that's what I want to see. I want to see this big men versus three ball style. Like how valuable is me getting that rotation with like Stoudemire? I just want to dominate the boards. I want Wilt Chamberlain in there, obviously as much as I can. And then, you know, Dwight Howard to shut down their big men. My guys are quick on the perimeter. Like I want to force threes and own rebounds. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'll tell you what, if I get knocked out of this tournament, I'm, I'm still going to want to see Sims of me playing every other team. I just want to see it. Like, I need to see how these guys go up against uh, the Pistons. I want to see the Lakers-Pistons matchup. I mean, it's going to be scary because, I don't know, like, Curry getting guarded by Magic is just – that's a tough draw. But I want to yeah. see that. I want to see how that works. I want to see uh, if Embiid can draw Shaq away from the basket with outside shooting. Uh, yeah. You know, I wanted – I had my eye on Nowitzki for a long time, and then you want to be back – snaked him from me uh i think we'll, one we'll see if we can set up an exhibition match like most of the time people don't want to see losers but we'll see if something changes. <laughs> right, uh, let's shut down this podcast real fast uh mvp of the week i'll give it to super dave uh i guess on the pod a couple times made us rate the hotness of qb's his birthday this week so bow, 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 bow. This past, but uh thinking about you buddy hope you're doing well happy birthday um oh yeah we got to do another birthday too because it'll be too late uh got just speaking of T-Boz, Trent Fry birthday, uh, June 9th. This is feeling like uh, this feel like the community announcements now. It's just like, do we have any birthdays? Any any wedding anniversaries? Any okay, perfect. MVP, who do you got most awesome? Um, I I'll go with um geez, there's a lot, there's a lot to that you could have. Uh, I'll go with this guy. Uh, I, I just read a, a a little bit about him, Victor Frankel. Uh, Victor Frankel was a Holocaust survivor, came out of Auschwitz. Um, he was asked about what he thought about the German race uh, and, what he, and does he hate them? And he says, I, I, I only see that there is two races, those that are decent and those that are indecent. And it stuck with me. And, and I think it's something that uh, in these times, especially, we need to really focus in on. So I'll leave it at that. I'll try and stay as, as, uh, as, as, as plain as, as possible with that. Thanks, brother. Joe, you got any MVP shout-outs you want? Yeah, I mean, I, I had this picked out sort of before we saw a, a flood of MVPs in the streets who are willing to risk their lives to, to stand up for, for people that, um, that need it. Uh, so aside from that, keeping it on a sports theme, uh, I, I'm going with John Sherman, owner of the Royals, the Kansas City Royals, who, uh, while uh, all of baseball ownership was trying to figure out how to pay their players less and everything, they came out and they said, we're not cutting a single minor league player. Uh, we're uh, not furloughing or laying off a single employee. Every single employee of the Royals, every single player kept it full salary, full benefits. Uh, and then he said, really, it's not that much money. And I just got like, it's just, just awesome. Just people, so, somebody who got it and uh, you know, they can't, they can't win everything, but they can, but they can care the most. And I thought that was a really cool, cool thing to do for a lot of people who need that, you know, working people. Excellent, brother. Well, thanks for hopping on, man. Um, appreciate everything. This has been MAB Sports Podcast episode 
119. Guys, look for the Mab League Series NBA all-time team. It's going to be really exciting. You guys can follow along and watch the games. We'd love to have your eyeballs on it. I am Brandana. Joe, do you want to ask Most Awesome to sign himself off, please? Most Awesome, will you do me a favor and uh, and maybe maybe one of you, one of you two, two dads of mine, could you? Oh, damn. Yeah, I, I, definitely. I was going to say, uh, uh, listen up for the new television show that's sweeping the nation, My Two Pods. Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion.